What's up, former party people? This is Jerry, you know, the one who actually combs his hair on the A is for Alcoholic podcast. Now, if you're finding value in listening to the AIFA podcast every week and you want to support sharing it with others, we invite you to become a sustaining monthly or per show contributor. Go to patreon.com backslash AIFA. It's super easy and it only takes a quick moment. It's about as easy as buying one of those pre-cooked space chickens from the grocery store, taking it outside, giving it a big old kiss, and kicking it into traffic. <laughs> Why would you do that? Anyway, you do you, and I'll do me. Again, go to patreon.com backslash AIFA. And with that, people, let's start the show. A is for Alcoholic is a program about recovery. My name is John, and I'm an alcoholic. And my name is Jerry, and I'm an alcoholic. Join us as we go through the alphabet of alcoholism one letter at a time. The presenting sponsor of A is for Alcoholic is Green Camel Press. Have you been to Green Camel Press yet? Go check out Green Camel Press. It is a design firm with an old school aesthetic in the digital age. It's a uh, company that myself and my partner uh, set up. Nabil Sharif is his name. He is the head illustrator there. And we do all kinds of cool art. We do stop motion. We make t-shirts. We make greeting cards. We do what we like to call digital doodles. Those are, um, and you know, Jerry does a lot of those things as well on the procreate on the iPad. We do them straight on paper. And so we time-lapse record the drawings and then I chop them all up, put them into uh, Final Cut Pro, and make cool little movies with them. So go check cool. us. Yeah, check out our Instagram page at, at Green Camel Press, not at at, but at Green Camel Press. Um, you can see a bunch of them on GreenCamelPress.com. There's mm-hmm. the, they're on the YouTube. However you, however you like to consume your media, you can find us there one way or the other. Uh, Green Camel Press. They're omnipresent. Uh, They're everywhere. <laughs> yes. Uh, we're also brought to you by our sibling podcast, uh, Gluten Is Not Your Problem. Yeah. And this follows uh, a mutual friend of ours, of Jerry and I's, uh, Walter, his uh, his journey through through culinary school and beyond. He's, yeah. he's a very interesting dude. Right. And yeah. he's done a lot of interesting <laughs> jobs, to say the least. And he has a lot of interesting story stories um we or just one story over and over again <laughs> yeah well. where he's just confused and befuddled by the ways of modern man yes as we always like to say he's a he's a perfect man in an imperfect world yes if only yeah. things would would go my way he's like felix unger dude just <laughs> which which um is it makes for great comedy and i love talking to him so go check out yeah. uh gluten is not your problem if yeah. you like, if you like funny stories about food culture, uh, the service industry, we talk a little bit about time travel, and uh, I don't know. Well, maybe I'll, somebody asked me to ask him about the flat earthers. So, oh, you should, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm halfway through the one where he went to jail, so that's where I'm at. <laughs> I thought you were going to say I'm halfway there to believing in flat Earth. No, I don't believe in anything. I'm a nihilist. Oh yes, yes. Yeah. How's, how's that work it out? Feel not great. Not great. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> So speaking of, not speaking of nihilism. Of nihilism. uh, Today we wanted to go and do, oh, 
one other thing, Jerry. We had our our yeah. latest uh, patron on Patreon is mm. a person that goes by the name Dizzy B. Oh yeah. Do you know a Dizzy B? I don't know a Dizzy B. Oh, I don't know any Dizzy B. But well, thank so- you, Dizzy B. You you're straight dope. <laughs> So I just wanted to thank Dizzy B uh, mm-hmm. for their uh, patronage. Maybe that, the B stands for being dope. Being dope. BD. Like dope in a cool 80s like, hip-hop right. slang way. Yeah. Like LL Cool J or Run DMC. Yeah. yeah. Except LL Cool J is not dope anymore. Though. No, he's on. Is he? Nah. Is it NCIS? He's whack. He's whack. He's whack. Well, he's always been whack. Anyway, was, <laughs> we'll go. This will be Jerry's hip hop podcast pretty soon. <laughs> LL, if you're listening. He does not speak for me. Um. You fucked up uh, with that accidental racist song, man. That shit was... I don't even want to get into it. You fucked up, man. We, we won't get into it. We'll, maybe we'll do a side sidecast. Where I just like complain about the nature of hip-hop and how it should all be 90s hip-hop? Pretty much. I mean, I, I yeah. think that that might be uh, something people... I'm sure you're not alone in that. Right, yeah. That somehow... I agree it, with that man who grew up in the suburbs of Tucson, Arizona. That it should have gone the way of diggable planets, digible planets, and nah, uh, De La Soul, De man. La Soul, Tribe Called Quest is mm-hmm. the better diggable planets. Although Blowout Comb was a good album, anyhow, anyhow, anyhow. I wanted to talk. I wanted to ask you talk about O is for uh, one day at a time, and right. um, I know that maybe you hear that and you go, "Well, gee, go go figure," and kind of roll your eyes, and and you know, it's it's a cliche yeah. that we say all the time in this particular 12 step program that Jerry and I belong to. Um, but, and I want it. So I looked up the word cliche cause I was kind of curious about it. And a cliche okay. is a phrase or opinion that is overused and betrays a lack of original thought. Right. Right. So, right. So I think it depends on, on how you look at it, how you use it. Um, and if you're just saying it, um, hollowly, I guess is the word I'm looking for. Right. Then maybe, yeah, you could call it a cliche. Or you remember that TV show Flaked with uh, Will Arnett? Yeah. So mm-hmm. he plays a he plays a recovering alcoholic. Um, yeah. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. I don't want pretty interesting. I don't want to ruin anything, but it's 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 a pretty cool little show. Yeah. Um, and he's great. He's really really. It's very well acted on all parts. It's an um, interesting take on recovery culture, yeah. that's for sure. Because there's a whole recovery culture, which if you're listening to this, you're probably familiar with it mm-hmm. in some way some or aspect. shape or form. Yeah. But there's one part where they, there's two. I think it's him and is it was the dude's name Boomer? The the hippie yeah. dude? The surfer dude? Yeah, yeah. Is it? Yeah. And they yeah. go, man, that guy's got a something, something problem and they're like no nah, man that guy's got a platitude problem because right. <laughs> the guy in the in the show has something to say about everything and i right i know that when we um i know that when i first got into recovery i was inundated with them you know what is denial yes. what does denial stand for um don't even uh, i don't know that one i know fear stands for fuck everything and run or what is it <laughs> um there was that's yeah. There's so there's a bunch of them. I don't remember what denial yeah, stands for. Like if anybody's out there, let me know. False something appearing real. False evidence appearing real. Is mm-hmm. the other fear one. But the so, deni- all I know is the denial is not a river in Egypt, son. <laughs> um, lots and lots and lots of platitudes and sayings, and right. um, constantly to the point where you're rolling your eyes like, "Good lord!" And once I kind of started to get into recovery more, 
mm-hmm. and talk to people and even just talking to you. And when you when you sincerely try to apply them to your life, when I when I would, then that, right. that's what gave them um, value. That's what gave them weight. That's what gave them. That's what made them real, rather than just being this yeah. sort of hollow thing to say to somebody to make yourself sound um, more more in in the know, or, or you know what I mean, better <laughs> right. than right. Yeah, insincere. You know. You know what's funny is when you first got sober, you would send me texts. Like, we'd check in, and I'd uh-huh. check in on you, and you would always, your signature would be O-D-A-T, like you would signature it. And <laughs> I was it? like, yeah, you'd be like, man, I'm just getting through doing my shit, you know, O-D-A-T. You have a good one, Jerry, O-D-A-T. And then I'd be like, man, he's fucking crazy, dude. He's lost his mind. <laughs> I think I was trying to connect with you on some level. Like, I thought you would... You oh, were... I, it wasn't laughing like <laughs> I didn't cra- know that. I wasn't like concerned or lighting a candle for you or anything. No. I was just like, whoa, Johnny is really taken to this. Really I'm really happy it. for him, but he's a little fucking crazy too, though. But I think as a cliche, it can ring kind of insincere, you know? Absolutely. Which is interesting why we bring it up, right? Because we, we t- we're both 12-steppers and like we have to walk this kind of fine line because of the nature of the program. You mm-hmm. know, we can't really be putting it on blast because we're trying not to, you know... F- you know, mess with the nature of the program, but still apply it to our lives and be public about our lives in this way by not mm-hmm. promoting what we do because what we, you know, what we do in our private lives, because that, you know, that's not our job to promote it. You know, I don't want to be the representative for that thing. But that being said, it's, it can, it's, it's, been, I still use it. It's still super helpful. The mm-hmm. Impermanence, right? The idea of impermanence. The idea, the idea of impermanence. And, and I just wanted to say too, I don't think that either of us are, are looking to promote anything other than sobriety no. and whatever works for anybody. I am always right. open to hear about it, man. I mean, that's, that's one of my favorite things when I hear about somebody who's doing, who's living a life, you know, either that I want to live or in a way that I want to live it. And they mm-hmm. don't, they don't prescribe to my particular program. I go, my, my ears perk up and I go, Oh, right. How are you doing interested it? in the way they're doing it? Huh. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Not at yeah. all. Oh, okay. What do you the do? Only thing we, promote is green camel press greencamelpress.com <laughs> pretty much thank you jerry uh, yes. and, and, and like i barely even promote the podcast sometimes i'm awful like of course i you know i'll talk to people other people in recovery and then they'll be like you know i'll, I'll kind of bring it up but i'm horrible at promoting anything anyway well, i don't want to be representative of anything but right i mean but anyway i think i like what if you did like a's for alcoholic tattoos if if people wanted them, I'd do them. Yeah. I don't know at a hefty discount. I'm not sure. Like no. I just tattoo one day at a time on your no. A is for aggressive. Or <laughs> but so yeah. So I think that it has to do with the application of the sentiment, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. when I would text you O D A T, which I that's uh, that cracks me up. I didn't know I can you go were back like, and find him. But what? No, I, 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 I'm glad he's really into <laughs> it, man. But he might be. He's just in that pink cloud. It'll the dust will settle. I think soon. that's what it was. But I I was happy for you. And like yeah. you had said earlier, whenever I hear about someone succeeding in recovery, succeeding in their mm-hmm. sobriety. I'm all, it always brings me like real sincere joy. Like I really do. It's so fucking weird, man, because I used to not give a shit about anybody. Like I was like, what, what can I get from you? And now I hear it and I really do feel happy. It like makes my day better. And then when I hear they're doing it without working through the way we worked through it, I mm-hmm. have to reiterate that as well. Like I get really curious. Well, what was your technique? Because maybe I can go to that too and take some of those things and apply yeah. it to what I'm doing, you know? It's always good to have a good armament, you know, like to have every, every tool at your disposal. Yeah. Just, 
Yeah, a little Buddha. I do a little Buddhism here, maybe a tiny bit of Catholicism here. Not really though, but a little bit, a little bit of nihilism over here. What's like the earlier, uh, you know? what's the Catholicism light that you uh, that your dad? Uh, well, they're Episcopalians. To? Okay. So, well, my dad is. My mom just got like ritual. I think my mother just likes spirituality mm-hmm. and the 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 idea of a higher power to her is more. I think organic and kind of more tangible. She can touch it. Whereas my father was raised really Catholic. So I believe his idea of spirituality really is based in in that uh, monotheist kind of like mm-hmm. religious one way, which is cool. They don't argue. My mom goes to church and kicks it with him. He works in the recovery, the recovery, I don't know what they call it, the recovery mission or whatever with his church. But your mom is but yeah, more... yeah, they're Episcopalians. Your mom is more like coyotes in the moonlight and cactuses. Word, yeah. Like she'll have a Padre Kino or no, St. Francis, the animal, the Saint. he's the Catholic saint of animals. You know, he's like mm-hmm. the St. Francis. She'll have that statue in the yard next to like a Buddha. And the next to the Buddha will be like a fucking, you know, like a dream catcher or one of those God's eye yarn things. Like mm-hmm. she takes it from everything. Yeah. You know? And I think my dad subscribes to that as well. I think... For them, recovery was like one of the best things for their spirituality. Mm-hmm. It really was. Mine yeah. too. Because, yeah, and same here because I realized I didn't have to follow a dogma. I could follow my own dogma. You know, I, it's weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I'm also not the master of my own destiny and I, I am and am not, you know. like I'm I'm, I'm the only one that's going to be affected by my destiny. Well, in, in that in that I <laughs> am the only one. If if I have whatever my higher power is and and whomever however I choose to have that relationship with my higher power is how my life is going to be, right? Exactly. Yes. So how do I want my life to be? And we talk also a lot about taking your problems and and giving them over to this higher power, right? To so just say I can't do it, I need you to help me. Yes. And the relief that comes from that oftentimes, um, which is a great go. practice in humility as well and like your physical mm-hmm. aspect of life because it it is it's okay to ask for help i hate asking for help and I've, it's been hard for me to learn how to do it and i do it now way more than i ever did which probably isn't enough but like i always didn't like i never liked asking for help you know and so i think uh surrendering all of that to this higher this concept of a higher power makes it easier for you and your life to come to me or me to come to you or me to go to my wife or to go to a really good friend or someone i don't even know and say hey i don't understand this or i can't physically do this can you help me you know and eight times out of ten people are like yeah i got you you know mm-hmm. people yeah. are I, I have found that people are so are more than excited to help sometimes well, yeah, you know because helping people makes you feel good right you know what i mean <laughs> so like hey you'll feel good because you help me until it gets too hard for you and then you're like this doesn't feel good you know what i'm saying and i feel good because i got help yeah yeah so so when we talk about one day at a time and we talk about it as more than just a um an empty platitude word um yeah what 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 does that i mean what does it mean to you in in like what are the what is the core the crux of that for you in your life what why does that work why why is that something that you you might say or feel or think every time maybe there's a problem that's too big well i think in early recovery and even now sometimes mm-hmm. i use it as I used it in the beginning and I still go back to it every once in a while as far as drinking goes is all I need to do is not drink today. Like all I need to do is make it through till I go to bed, which I've probably said a billion times. And then as soon as I go to sleep, if I wake up tomorrow, if I want to fucking tear the roof off this house and I'm going to do it. But tonight, as soon as I get to bed, I'm I'll be okay. And then I think as it, 
as I get farther into my recovery, it feels more like it's just that impermanence. Like whatever mm-hmm. situation is happening right now is not permanent. It's It will end one way or another, you know, regardless of what it is and regardless of whether the ending of it is beneficial to me or not, you know, yeah. in hy- hypotheticals, I could say, well, I've been diagnosed with like cancer or something, which is awful, you know, but it's real happens mm-hmm. to people where I'm at that age, you know, I guess you could be at any age really, but you know, so then I have to look at it like, okay, all I've got is today to deal with this and then tomorrow. And then do you know what I mean? Tomorrow I'll get up and then deal with it. But I know it's impermanent. Like mm-hmm. it's going to go either one way or another, either I'm cancer free or eventually I'll succumb to it, which is kind of dark, but you know what I'm saying? They it's do. like, it's this idea of like what is happening to you right now is not going to be your permanent, um, state thing. of being. Yeah. 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 I, um, I was feeling, I was feeling that I was thinking that to myself the other day, because as you know, the last seven to 10 days, I have been in this sort of, um, what I, what I described to you. And I told somebody else in a letter I wrote, I call it my uh-huh. depression in D minor. I and because it so was fucking dramatic, I, <laughs> I know, it. right? Such an artist, dude. Yes, I'm going to have to go look poet. up. What, I don't know poet, what D minor dude. is, but it just sounds right. It just sounds good. Yeah. So it, it was my great. depression in D minor. I'm just, I'm just going through my moods and well, um, minor keys make you feel sad. Anyway. Right. Yeah. So I was having a hell of a time. Nothing was feeling good. Nothing was feeling right. I didn't want to do anything. I didn't. The things, you know, it's it's the typical shit where it's like, are the things that you're usually into, they, they show you no more interest. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> you know, this sort of <laughs> that's I was like, yeah, 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 that's pretty much that's it. That's the um, or as the Sinatra once said, fighting vainly the old ennui. What is that from? Is that, that it's some um, reference, and I, I ain't that not ain't that a kick in the head? But um, fighting vainly the old ennui. It's from a um, it's from a Sinatra song. Um, okay, maybe I get no kick from a plane or something like that. I don't oh know. yeah, okay. I get a um, kick out of you. I get a kick out of you. Yeah, mm. and um, so for like seven to ten days, I just felt like there's this feeling. It's almost like there's a wet blanket that came out of the washer and got thrown inside my head and it's heavy yes, and it yeah. hurts. And um, the, the really the only thing the last couple of days I kept thinking was, this is going to pass, John. And then the other voice in me was like, well, that's not fucking, it's here right now. I'm here right now. And this really yeah, you're sucks. In it. Mm-hmm. You're in it. And this really sucks. And then, you know, this, this thing that I do where, um, I got up in the morning and I forgot to write my morning journal pages, right? And so I'm driving to work, halfway to work, and I'm like, fuck, dude, my day is ruined. And I forgot to tell you the night before I had to go to bed early and I couldn't sleep. And all I kept thinking about was, great, tomorrow's already going to suck and it hasn't been here yet because I can't fucking sleep. So I'm laying in bed as the hours tick by, and you you know this one, right? I know it very well, (laughs) yeah. That's why I... I'm smiling. So, so, so I go to work and you know, whatever, man, fuck the uh, guy the night before didn't leave shit clean or didn't do things right. right so on mm-hmm. and so forth. And this is, this is just my fucking life. And this is just my fucking life. And I keep that. That's, that's what I keep rolling around in my head and I'm going to do this forever and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and then, um, I see my brother and he was in just cruising through town. And it was so awesome. And I was happy for like a moment, you know, he right. was there for about an hour and we talked and he came in and, he had a little lunch. I work at a restaurant if, a, if anybody didn't understand any of that. But um, and then he leaves and I finally get out of work and I'm driving home and I'm like, I'm just fucking hungry and there's no food in the house. And there's <laughs> and 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 my girlfriend had yeah. given me some stuff. And so there's like this Amy's gluten free cheese pizza in the freezer. And I'm like, 
you know what, fucking calories be damned. I'm going to just cook the thing and I'm going to fucking eat it and it's going to make me feel better because yeah. it's going to make me feel better because it's pizza. Yes. And then so it says, but I, I put some, check this out, I put some mushrooms and like onions. I sauteed those with some black olives yeah. and kind of like uh-huh. spice it up a little bit, you know? Yeah. And so it says, put it right on the on the oven uh, rack. I swear there's a point to all this. So I put it on the oven rack and I do six minutes, and then I go to twist it, and all of a sudden the shit starts falling apart on the oven rack. And you know what happens what in a 400-degree oven when pizza just... So then the smoke alarm goes off. There's pizza all over uh, the fucking stove, the oven, inside, smoking everywhere. And I'm like, this is fucking great. This is just, I can't even fucking have pizza. And I'm, I'm yeah. just so angry and sad and depressed and oh, just man. frustrated. And so this is this is all... This was yesterday. Yesterday was Saturday, yeah. Mm-hmm. And... um. It just was one thing after another, and I had convinced myself. I was like, "See, John, it's not in your head. It's the fucking world, and it's after you. And this is what it's it conspiring does." Conspiring against <laughs> you, dude. What the fuck? Yeah. And I said, "Okay, I'm going to bed early." I was really bummed out, but I was, I was like, "I'm going to bed." I'm go- I went to sleep at like ten, which is not. It was very early for me, and I woke up, and I went to a meeting. And I got to spend some time with my girlfriend, and we went out and had a lovely little lunch at this little Vietnamese place we like, and we got to play some Super Mario Brothers 3, and I feel so much better today. And it was just spending time with people I love. It was doing some fun things without worrying about obligation or whatever, you know? And um, I was like, okay, so it's only temporary, and it's only today. And if I again, try and remember that genuinely, then those bad feelings that don't seem to go away, I just tell myself one day at a time, you just gotta, you can't, you can't worry about, worry is just a problem for the future, and or and anxiety is just a worry, or a problem for the past, or something like that. Right, yeah, is that, yeah. I think anxiety is problem for the future, and I can't remember the other one. Something like that. But Anyhow. the biggest thing was that it was impermanent, that it was just today. So so stop worrying. And I was, you know, I think at one point my girlfriend's like, so do you feel like drinking? I was like, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to. <laughs> I mean, I don't... Yeah, I do, though. <laughs> Sometimes I do. Yeah, this is one of those times. Yeah. And I don't think that yeah. she was, I don't think she was concerned. Like she was, she wasn't right. like, I think she was just checking in. I don't think she was worried yeah. that I was going to fall off and and she was gonna have to carry me out of some bar or some jail or some car wreck god forbid you know but Mm -hmm. uh i was like yeah i mean i'm not going to i'm probably gonna go eat a gluten-free pizza and (laughs) go to bed early burnt yeah yeah one that's not burnt so it was just but it was the part of that stacking and so you start stacking shit up and that's all i all i could see were all the bad things Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm happy to report that I am, I you know, I wouldn't say out of the woods. Uh, it's a, it's also a good reminder about issues that I need to deal with. And I, I think that if you go through something difficult, or even if you just feel sad, um, for me, I try to try to learn something from it. Yeah. What you yeah. know? What issues with 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 my father or with myself or with my body image or with my success or any number of things that I may be feeling bad about myself and try and Mm -hmm. try and 
create a path to at least acknowledging those those issues and fixing them. You know, we, right. You mentioned before about going, okay, well, just kind of how you sometimes look at work versus art. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and I, we don't have to talk about this if you don't want no, to. No, that's but, fine. We absolutely can. But if yeah. maybe you could explain a little, you were what I liked was that you were talking about how you had, at the very least, you had seen a problem and you had kind of given it a name, whether or not yeah. you were fully committed to working it out or whatever. But that seems to be a common trope in my life, actually, especially <laughs> between my wife and I. Right? Like this is this thing now that. Um, through recovery, through sobriety, through through not going, you know, being a drunk asshole anymore. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. the old simplest way I can put it. Through not being like that anymore, I've been afforded a lot of clarity. And one of the things that my wife always points out is whenever I am having a problem under duress, looking at something in a negative way or putting up a roadblock in front of myself that impedes my progress, she always, I always recognize it. And then I, I talk everything out. That's why this format is great because I never shut up. So I talk it all out to her and she says, look, Jerry, you know, we're having this conflict and you've recognized we're having the conflict and what your feelings are behind why we're having the conflict. So now that you've seen it, that's the best part. That's the first part. You know, you've got that part of the way. Now you're aware of it and you're not in denial of it. So mm-hmm. now you can now make steps to progress to try to overcome that or progress just trying to live with it, right? Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite things that comes from being in the rooms, which is another platitude, but they always say we strive for progress, not perfection. <clears throat> and I love it. I try to apply it to my life all the time. You know, As long as I can know that I'm progressing and I'm feeling better, I don't have to be perfect. I just got to know that I'm going to get better. And I may not get better all the way, but at least I'm getting better. You know, I think that's the other one day at a time thing too, right? Like, As long as you know that 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 mindfulness of like i'm in it i'm aware of it and i'm here in it and i want to try to make it better well then shit there's your one day you know you got that one day of knowing at least you're gonna try to make it better and mm-hmm. then from there trying to make active steps to make it better or or do like i do and just recognize it all the time <laughs> yeah wait for it to come back up again later but i mean in regards to me and art and stuff yeah i absolutely recognize my attitude towards it you know not wanting whatever. to ruin it by making it something or making it a chore right because yeah. i like the i came into tattooing to do art because i loved doing art right because i loved it and now i still love it but it's a different animal mm-hmm. it's like a whole different thing now because i require going to that well for water every day the walk may not be as scenic as it was the first 300 times i did it you know <laughs> but i still require going to that well and i'm appreciative and grateful for that well i just sometimes me being a human i'm like oh well would be a lot prettier if this well were in fucking California, you know, or some, right. some other dumb shit like that, you know. Um, but I think if you can recognize what it is, name it, and then realize, okay, that's my first problem. How do I tackle this problem? And I don't have to solve it, but I definitely need to progress enough that I can live with it, you know, or mm-hmm. at least learn a tool to be able to sidestep it or, you know, whatever it is you got to do to cope with it. That it doesn't become some every- resentment. <laughs> Right, exactly. And I don't think everything is solvable. That's the other thing I've Mm. learned is that not everything can be solved. Some things just you cannot fucking fix and they're the way they are and that's just how it is until you die, you know, and that's just how it is. So then how do you deal with it? You know, if it can't be solved, then then there needs to be this internal thing of how you cope with it. I would say that maybe... um, Not all things. I said some things. Some things. Right. I think, yeah, 
I think that well, I think one of the first steps is also asking for help because right. You Absolutely. may there you go. <laughs> you may think that it can't be solved, and right. you know there were things that I didn't think could be solved three and a half mm-hmm. years ago, almost four years and, ago. And there, it, this is great. It's a great. <laughs> it's a great counterpoint because yes, here I am like, oh, you can't solve everything, but you're like, well, but someone else can, and if you ask them for help, so you know what I'm saying. It's just like when my wife can't fucking f- figure out to do something online or whatever it is, or something in a game or something, mm-hmm. and she's like frustrated and then i'm like well i've done this a dozen times let me show you how it's just like i can't figure out how to do something i'll like turn to you or her or somebody mm-hmm. else that's a great point so great i mean point. i i you there's probably some things but i i just would i wouldn't say that whatever it is i mean, i personally i need professional help at some point <laughs> that absolutely so. and that's what we were talking about too with me and my problems as far as like my i don't know if work ethic is the right word or what it is just my approach to i i I think I put up a lot of roadblocks in front of myself constantly. Well, I that's think, what it is. It's my approach to that is like professional help. Like go sit down with a therapist yeah. or a counselor or someone else who has this tool that I can use or yeah. they can show me how to use that tool, you know. I know that it'll have to yeah. come up at some point because I mean I'll or I'll I'll want to I'll want to finally tackle that problem, I think. And I'll say, Hey yeah. Excuse me. Um, well, it's like everything. It's like alcohol. It just becomes unmanageable. And I go, I can't manage this any further. It has to stop. Right. And so that's when I call up the local. I was going to say the local psychic, but the local psychiatrist or, you right. know, go talk to we'll a mental up. health professional. Yeah. What is it? Madam Cleo? Mm-hmm. I've got one down Miss, the road Miss for Cleo. me. Yeah. The light's always on. I'm sure they will. They'll wake up grandma and sit her in the chair and. Be I've like, been... look, lady, I can't stop drinking. Is there a demon in my liver or what? <laughs> She'll put a you needle in your egg. Yeah, a needle yeah. in an egg. Get you some seaweed and then you're yes. good, man. Did I ever tell you? Have you ever been to a psychic? Like to a real one in the... No, uh, my wife has. Uh, Megan also weird. Does... Megan can do tarot reading too, but I, those aren't the same things. But yeah, but she's more... I think she's more curious about those things. I'm not... I just I never have. I went. I, I went to a psychic in Oakland once, and um, I was on a date when my girlfriend and I were first dating, and we were kind of. Uh-huh. And again, so I'm I'm sober, so we don't. And she she was fine with that. She wasn't like wanting to go find a place to drink, but I was trying to think of something interesting or fun to do when we're in Oakland. Maybe we were in right. San Francisco, but I think we were in Oakland, and um, and something fun to do. Like, what do we do? And it's nighttime, and we've already had dinner. And I said, let's go find a psychic. And she was like, really? why not? And it was very strange. And they literally kind of helped grandma get out to the chair that was sort of in this weird little room in the front. Like I'm guessing they lived in the building in the back because it was downtown. So it was in a, in some sort of building and she just went out to the little front room. And one of the things, one of the things she said that the only thing I remember, I mean, there was a lot. And she said, is it okay if this woman's here? And I said, yeah, that's fine. And she said, you know, the people, there are going to be some, a lot of people from your past reaching out to you. And I said, well, you know, my birthday's coming up in a few weeks, so that makes sense. <laughs> but yeah. I, so I don't know how much I believe in it. I think it's interesting. And I think that um, what the psychic can help me is that it'll make me think about things in a different way. So it's more yeah. of a, it's more of a, um, it's more of a, an introspection, like a tool of introspection mm-hmm. than it is getting to know the future, my future, you know? Yeah. So that yeah. was, and it was, it was fun and it was something different, but right. 
I um so finding other I'm not saying that you should go to a psychic necessarily, but finding out outside outside help. Different perspectives. Different perspectives and outside help Mm -hmm. and that those problems that don't seem solvable may to somebody else. And they go, Oh, you know, like you said, maybe you and your wife have your date night playing Fallout seventy six and she can't figure out something that you help her out right. with it or something i don't know but maybe we'll go to a psychic on our next night out i'll be like eh, i don't want to go dancing let's go talk to this lady in glenwood dude it might she, she i bet she would be like what really let's go She'd absolutely want to do that yeah no my wife is all about that shit man mm-hmm. she's she loves that like that that's that sense of spirituality that mysticism she's mm-hmm. really into it yeah yeah I'm the one, I'm not even skeptical about it. I mean, I'm open-minded to it. I'm also just like, I, it just doesn't occur to me, really. Mm-hmm. It never occurs to me. I don't do anything fun. <laughs> I'm never like, to- let's go to the beach. <laughs> no, I'm like, if, but I'm open-minded. Like, if someone else suggested it, I'd be like, mm-hmm. yeah, let's go. Let's go fucking talk to this lady and drink some tea and look at the leaves and shit. But I don't ever, I don't know why this shit doesn't occur to me. I don't know either. Well, I mean... Like, even t- Today, I'm like, let's do something fun. What do you guys want to do? And they're playing. Olive just got this video game, and they've been playing it all morning together. And mm-hmm. She's like, I don't know. What do you want to do for fun? I'm like, I, I don't know. Go get tacos. <laughs> like, to me, to me, I'm like, yo, let's fucking have an adventure and get tacos. And yeah. they're like, no, dude. Like, you can make tacos here. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I guess it was always kind of the same way when we would go out drinking. I'd say, hey, I got this. I know this little, great little rum bar up on What did I tell Hill you? Or, I'd be like, nah, man, nah, man I can't just, afford the cab. We just walk to the Viking <clears throat> over there. We'll just go to the cheapest, closest place and we'll sit there until we're until we're done. Yeah, they got a jukebox. We can just listen to whatever it was. So I think paper that you were a little more you were a little more dour maybe that's not the right word but dour is a good word to describe unadventurous back then. unadventurous is a better word i i i like but you were always yeah. you were always if if, if I would, all i'd have to say is i got the cab man and you're like okay yeah <laughs> right yeah and i had like 30 more bucks i was like well it's time to forget whatever i'm trying to forget or so but you were always bar, yeah. you were always open to suggestion I do it with a lot of, uh, pro- I like to protest. Yes. my thing. And then I end up uh, acquiescing. But I love the pro, I'll be like, nah, fuck that. And then I'm like in the cab on the way, like, nah, fuck you. Why are we doing this? And then I'm this there and stupid. I'm like, all right, You're like, this all right. is fine. This will do. Um, Which is everything in my life, man. I mean, even including recovery. sober. Yeah. Absolutely. I protested a lot of shit. I, uh, you know, my relationship with the person who was helping me, uh, recover. It wasn't very uh, combative, though. Like with that, I I was really open because I was so desperate. Like mm-hmm. I was in so much pain. I was just like, I'm not gonna fight you on anything. You want me to get down my knees and pray? Yeah, I guess I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna think it's weird, but I'm gonna do it. Yeah. Which he never made me do. But you know, like I was so open minded to all that stuff because I was so scared. You know, yeah. I still get scared. It. I still get. You know, I mean, it's I do this this weekly practice with you has been incredibly helpful for me because it still keeps me grounded in it. Mm-hmm. You know, because there are times where I walk off that path and don't think about you know what's good for me or my recovery or what's good for me my mental health. You know, and I just throw myself into things at times. And yeah, this whole this whole once a week thing has been real valuable to yeah. me. Yeah, I get lazy. I'm like, I just want to keep playing seventy six all day. I got to draw a boot snake or whatever <laughs> dumb thing I got to do. And then I get up here and do it, and then I feel so much more enriched after doing it. So if anything, even if we had four listeners, I'd still do it. Mm-hmm. I'd just be like, yeah, every time I go downstairs, Megan's like, how was your uh, podcast? I'm like, really good, really good one night, you know? Yeah. It's, um, 
I it's valuable to me, and I hope it's valuable to other people. And you that's, know, that's that's what it is, right? I I look at it like purely. I mean, that the way I'm saying it seems purely selfish. Like it's just for me, but I I wanted to help people. That's mm-hmm. I think we asked each other once. You asked me like, why do you do this or whatever, and I was like, I don't know, man. I just want somebody to hear it and be able to think. If those two guys can fucking do it, I can do it too. You know, like mm-hmm. it's true. Yeah. I yeah. I think that the, that was you know podcasts were one of the first ways people would send me podcasts about sobriety and drinking mm-hmm. and it yeah. was a way for me to listen to somebody else with one without having to be in front of them or to go to some some person's house and have to yeah. feel uncomfortable and weird I could kind of stop it and start it when I wanted to and I could kind of yeah. just sort of be a little more um, I could still feel like I was in a in a sort of a state of recovery and, and learning about it right. without having to kind of venture out, which is very, I think was very scary at first for me. So very much so. Yeah. And, and th- if you can still retain the positive thought from it, mm-hmm. that, though, so that, 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 that forward thinking, then yeah. 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 Fuck I think it's yeah. a great, a great medium for this kind of stuff. And I'm just yeah. happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm, I'm, we're not being interviewed about the podcast, but if we were, that's that's what we would say. You know, I didn't greencamelpress.com. <laughs> Green Camel Press. You know, I didn't I didn't start the I don't know why we why did we start this? Just to help people. Because, because we were was, doing book readings with each other. And yeah. then I was like, Yeah, and then y'all was like, We should do a podcast and you're like, Maybe we should and then we then we mm-hmm. did it. And then I bought a because, microphone. Because I was listening to it. Yeah. And then I had one laying around. <laughs> I still haven't bought one for the podcast. This is just the mic that I had laying around. But I listened to a ton of podcasts in early recovery as well. Mm-hmm. And it helped me because I was listening to podcasts before that anyway. So I was like, well, let's listen to something that pertains to what I'm going through. And it was really helpful because I couldn't like I couldn't always go to a meeting or be around other people. I was not around anybody in recovery. I was only around people in recovery like maybe an hour a day, like two, three days a week in the beginning. Yeah. You know, like so I had to be around it. I had to think that forward thinking, that positive thought, because I was around so much negative thought. And it's kind of you get to sort of listen to it or or, or understand it or learn about it in in mm-hmm. smaller chunks, which is the theme of our our show today is right. one day at a time. One day at a time. And why do right? we say and one we day at a time? Because <laughs> do you like that? Um, yeah, that's one of my one of my superpowers. Bringing it back in. Bring but, it back uh, home, dude. Th- that's that's what it's all about. Is t- taking these huge or these seemingly seemingly unsurmountable is is a yeah. phrase I hear a lot in recovery. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. Seemingly unsurmountable problems. Seemingly though. Seemingly yes. unsurmountable. Yeah. And it's okay, well, break it up into little chunks. And they do this in like engineering and stuff like that. Like this is not some new thing. They go and they say, okay, so we have to build this from here. Well, how do we get Mm -hmm. from here to there? And they literally take it and they say, well, let's just get one inch ahead. Okay. And then let's just get two inches ahead. Let's not worry about the the, the next seven eighths of the mile. Let's just do an eighth of a mile right now. And so when you zero in on those 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 issues and those problems when i would zero in on it and go okay i have to wake up and not drink today i have to go to a meeting today i have to right. you know whether it was call my sponsor or call my friend or talk to you or say it's time to sit down and record a podcast like that's what i need to yeah. do today that yes. becomes priority number 1 and right. then i don't have to worry about whether or not i'm going to get my 
credit card bill paid off next year or if I'm going <laughs> to if I'm going to find a job yeah. that I if someone is going to pay me lots of money to do something I really really love or yeah. um if I'm going to lose all the weight that I want to this year or right. If the world isn't going to do what I want it to do, well, it's never going to do all that I want it to do. But right. if I break it down, I can find things that I can control. There are certain things. There are small things I can control. The only thing I really can't control is, well, the weather, the weather, your thoughts <laughs> and, you know, everything no, after I'm that sorry. first drink. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And my thoughts. Yeah. I mean, that's too. Oh, uh, yeah. No, see, I took a little bit of that punch out of that. But you're right. The only thing you can control is what is it? Everything. Everything else. Well, ev- the world and my and my that first drink, everything after the first drink. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And I think that's pretty accurate. And, you know, that sounds dramatic, but um, and it may not be, you know, I may have one drink and then put it down and I, I could not pick it back up for six months. Right. But now the the door's cracked open a little bit, right? Yeah, now, yeah. You're letting the ghosts in like, and oh, shit, dude. You had that one six months ago, man. It's a nice day. You could probably have two, mm-hmm. right? Just have two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then so those that's when those thoughts get start cranking up and start kicking up and talking to me. And so I just again that that one day at a time keeps you from again from me worrying about my credit card bills or or yeah. whatever it is. Mm-hmm about whether or not um, the world is going to discover me and 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 take me into it its will. bosom. But <laughs> no, but I was just thinking how this kind of ties into last week's too, though, which was uh, was it no thanks? No thanks, mm-hmm. right? Because that's another great one too. Is well, I'm not drinking today. Mm-hmm. No thanks, I'm not drinking today. You know, mm-hmm. and then you can be all clever and give them the double <laughs> Isaac finger guns like, Papa, I'm not drinking today. Mm-hmm. Catch yeah, me tomorrow. One day at a time. Local police station. Yeah. One day at a time. Absolutely. And I, I, it's so I just try to, I try to actually look at it with some value and I certainly don't, I don't say it to people flippantly. I don't say, Hey man, which is one day at a time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not anymore. <clears throat> not ODAT bro. O-D-A-T, dude, all day. <laughs> N-O-4-2-O. Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. No. No-4-20. Um, but I, it, breaking down the problems into into manageable chunks. and I love that. And not yeah. not worrying about the next step because I'm still on this one. You know, whatever that even, is. That's funny because I didn't even, that you've just offered me a new perspective on that. Because <laughs> I never even thought about breaking it down into bite-sized chunks. I just thought of it as a designation of mindfulness and being here and now and this is all i have is mm-hmm. right now so this is all i can manage but i also like the idea of taking something much bigger and re- mm-hmm. to reiterate what you said and breaking it down into smaller pieces it's a really good perspective i'm yeah. taking that yeah. yeah i'm using that yeah mm-hmm. i think about when i think about the stuff with my dad and and i still haven't done this and i've been talking about it for a long time now uh is writing a letter to him uh-huh and kind of getting that stuff out and at least getting it on paper which is also a good thing for me to do whenever I have a problem is to write it down on paper. That's how I got mm-hmm. off the ice cream, Jerry. Um, <laughs> I'm glad you're off of it. I wrote, how many days has it been? I think it's been since February. But wow. But unlike alcohol with ice cream, I had a couple bites at a at a dinner and I was not compelled afterwards. 
So, so like, a, the, you get, like, your 24-hour chip, but it's just a chocolate chip cookie? Yeah. <laughs> Basically, yeah. So I just get a chocolate chip cookie. I get a, yeah. And, and so... Gluten-free. Gluten-free, man. Low-carb. It's California Low carb. in 2019. It's got to be gluten-free. Um, yeah. But that's kind of... That's, that's what I did as I wrote it down. So when I think about the stuff with my dad, I think, well... So let's let's address the problem, and then we can mm. think about well, how does one fix that problem? And so right. well, my first step is I go Google it, and um, and I you know I have issues with my abusive father, and what right. should I do? And it should probably pop up on the screen and say, "Go get help. Go talk to somebody." Is right. That... Just like you googling it to me is like, wow. You and I know you did too. You <laughs> and just the what comes back from that, I imagine the first one is like. You know, here's a listing of mental health, the tr- yeah. abuse and trauma. And right. this was, you know, um, one thing that that also is a big is a big. I, I wanted to broach this and not not to break anybody's anonymity or anything, but you had said you had had a uncomfortable beginning relationship with this person, this gentleman who you now are pretty cool with. You text back and forth and. How was your day, and so on and so forth. Oh, and when you yeah. had met it's him, just a friend of uh, someone I know, right. yeah. And when we had met, it was like, uh, and it so was just like it was like it was uncomfortable between us both, right? And so of, he he drank and he smoked weed, but not to like yeah, but, any no, excess or like anything. A normal dude, yeah. There wasn't like a he was just like a normal average everyday, mm-hmm. just a, a normie. Like yeah. a normal dude. As far as like alcoholics go, he wasn't one. And yeah. the thing that I loved is that, you know, you were saying that you later found out that this guy felt like he had no way to connect with you because he couldn't pass you a pipe or he couldn't pass you a beer. And so he right. thought he thought you were the weird one because you didn't partake in any of these things. Or right. or rather he didn't he didn't feel comfortable reaching out. I don't think out. he thought I was weird. I think right. it was just like there was difficulty with us finding common ground mm-hmm. to, to bond over, to be, uh, to even talk to each other about because, yeah, because of my recovery or sobriety or whatever. And it does make other people uncomfortable sometimes. And I just wanted, right. I just wanted to say that, I mean, and now you guys talk and you have a lot We're in homies, common. dude. I like him, yeah. dude. Like, we get along. And he was like, man, <laughs> oh, man, I should have made friends with Jerry a while ago. He's a super, and, you know, my wife is telling, you know, is recounting the story to me. And I'm like, that's mm-hmm. really fucking sweet. Like, that touches my heart. And then it made me kind of laugh, too, because I was like, man, I can't believe anybody really wants to be friends with me. That's so funny. <laughs> like, you know. But I just that idea, and it's still in this year. And, and men, 2019. I keep saying that, but men are not felt that we're not. I wasn't raised to be affectionate. I wasn't raised to be to reach out to other people, and especially men. You have to be tough, right? And that's that's right. Well, that was part of drinking too. Was hey man, right. how much can you drink? You got to be tough, tough love. You know, we got to give, we got to give our friends shit just so that in case the world comes at them, they can, they can toughen up and they can handle it. Right. And then, you know, it's, it doesn't have to be that way. And it's okay to, to, it's okay. I think it's okay to ask, it's okay to ask me about my sobriety. Um, yeah, it's okay. people should ask me. I fucking love talking about it. I never, it's <laughs> annoying. I probably annoy everybody around me because I never shut up about it. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I, Ask me how I'm feeling. Uh, I'd love to know how you're feeling. And it's that it it shouldn't be so difficult for men to express themselves in in any sort of um, emotional way. I mean, it is. And we're kind of 
that's the societal norms is that men are we are strong and we are tough and we right. don't cry boys well, don't we'll cry. solve that problem one day at a time <laughs> Thanks again for listening. Our music, as always, is by Neglect. You can find more of his stuff at neglect.bandcamp.com. And you can find us on all social media platforms that matter, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can reach us at aisforalcoholic at gmail.com. Talk to you later. Yeah. <laughs>